Welcome to the Road to Black Podcasts, brought to you by the BJJ Physio. The BJJ Physio helps optimize the training of jiu-jitsu athletes so they can dominate their next performance. How do they do this? They provide strength and conditioning, physical therapy, and heart rate-based conditioning through a completely remote and online management system. Meaning you can be anywhere in the world and take your BJJ performance to the next level. Contact Dr. Wesley Reed at info at the bjjphysio.online or follow him at the BJJ Physio on Instagram to find out more. Also brought to you by Roll Union Jiu-Jitsu. Visit rollunion.com and follow Roll Union on Instagram to shop the latest jiu-jitsu styles. Roll Union brings you the best fitting geese on the market, the most comfortable rash guards, and premium soft jiu-jitsu tees. Next time you're in the market for some new gear, check out RollUnion.com for the stylish and the savage. Lastly, we're brought to you by DownToRoll.com. DownToRoll.com was born out of the need for an innovative way to find BJJ training partners during the COVID-19 crisis. With gyms being shut down for many across the globe, you can register at DownToRoll.com and find small group training partners in your area. You can message partners directly from the map and interact with other like-minded players on the Down to Roll exclusive network. Go to downtoroll.com and start training again now. Thanks for supporting our sponsors, and we hope you enjoy this episode of the Road to Black podcast. Welcome to the Road to Black podcast, Wes. What's up, man? Not a lot. You were out in. Uh, you were out in. Uh... Sunny Southern California. Last uh, last time I talked to you, I was. Yep, I uh, had a little, uh, just a little getaway, two and a half day getaway. It was nice. It was it was real nice. Been super stressed here. Both both of us were super busy. Might me at my lady and I, and uh, we just kind of had to get away for a couple of days. <laughs> really, to be honest, man, that's um, the that's the way to keep your battery charged. You know, yeah, you have a little, you know. Yeah, little mini, uh, little mini vacays here and there. If you can, she wants, she wants long vacays, but uh, you know that's just it's hard running it's businesses. Hard. is yeah. very hard to break away like that. So, um, for those ones, we have to put in a lot more planning, and I got to get coverage at work, and uh, so we got one of those coming up, but supposed to go to hawaii in a few weeks so that's uh i talked to you about that but that's Mm -hmm. that's a challenge in its own right is just trying to get over there and they're you know they're they're saying that they don't want really people coming over right now and hey this trip's been planned for months you know it was already planned like twice before that so it's like oh man just the whole covid thing is just it's tough to kind of get around to some places but trying to get the family together get my kids together and uh it's really hard i don't know you know i'm i know our listeners have kids of all ages as well but mine are all teenagers up to you know from 15 to 23 uh we have four kids so it's uh everyone is super busy so to try to get those ages all together you know uh, they have jobs they're in college Mm -hmm high school uh, you know school in general studying work they all you know it's harder and harder to get people together yeah it's it's tough so and you know life isn't uh it's not go it's it's speeding up the older you get the faster it goes (laughs) it's just one of these things you realize man it's like so you gotta try to take advantages of all the time i can um to you know plan these trips make some time for my family this last one, I went with my lady to Newport and, um, it's a cool little area. Um, if you've never been, but, uh, you know, the LA area is, it's, it's busy, but with this, we, we, we kind of, we flew right into like Santa Ana and it's that airport's not bad at all. At not all. at all. That's like, a I nice mean, airport. Oh my God. If I can fly in and out, when I was going back, so when I was, I was stationed, I don't mean to cut you off, but yeah, I was stationed out in, uh, in San Diego. And when I'd go back home to Hawaii, I would defer to fly out of John Wayne. That really? airport is the, oh yeah. I would always fly. So out you of John drive Wayne. up there. 
I would drive right. up there because it was kind of equidistant between uh, Camp Pendleton was kind of equidistant oh, to okay. from San Diego and and then Orange County. So so Camp Pendleton is more north. Yeah, it's North, north County. North County. Yeah, got it. Yeah. So anyway, I love it's, that airport. Yeah. I mean, we used to fly in there when we went to Disneyland a, a bunch, but I've never, like, especially with COVID and everything, it is smooth, smooth sailing in there. This is the second time I've went there in the last few months, but um, it was nice. We have TSA PreCheck now, which is the bomb. That is, like, next level. I mean, I don't know why I didn't do that earlier. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend that to anyone. It is worth the money if you're traveling at all, but... So we just walk right through the line, you know, you don't really, you don't have to take your shoes off. You just, yeah. boom. you can get to the airport a lot later. You know, we just, we go, we travel several times a year and we just park at that East economy and take the little tram right in Sky Harbor. Sky Harbor is the busier airport of the two. Yeah. And, uh, man, we flew in there. We didn't even get a car this time. We just Ubered to our hotel. We had this place called, uh, right down kind of like about down, like in the heart of Newport, like. Have you been down there? Mm-hmm. In, oh, yeah. In the, yeah. Yep. Cool little beach town, you know, crowded down. I mean, it's, there's a lot going on. There's, don't, don't get me wrong. It's, but it's a quaint little, uh, little spot. And there's a lot of, uh, a lot of beach there. That's what I like mm-hmm. about Newport. You know, I've grown up going to San Diego, took my kids to San Diego every year, but San Diego these days, it's hard to find a spot on the beach. Like it's mm-hmm. packed the last couple of years I went like to the point where almost like, almost like a crazy movie. Like last time we were in La Jolla, uh, I mean, there was not three feet between you and the next people over, you know, wow. and this was, uh, this was during COVID. <laughs> this was during COVID. So, you know, you're supposed to like distance, but no, one, everyone was just, it was actually when they kind of opened up last Oh, man, when was that? The first time, I don't even remember, but several months ago when they finally were like, oh, you know, people thought this thing was kind of behind us, you know? But, um, man, I go up to Newport and those beaches are so big, they're wider too. Mm-hmm. So there's just so much more space. And uh, it was cool. We stayed at this place called Lido House. Um, it's kind of like this quaint boutique hotel, really nice place, but they give you like, uh, beach cruisers um they have a little like cool golf cart shuttle that takes you right to the beach it was sick it was nice yeah so i mean we didn't even have and we walked to the restaurants because that's the that's the that's what i was going to say a lot of restaurants in that area versus san diego you know if you try to go in san diego to like a beach town with restaurants it's not really there you know it's not i've, I've been up and down the coast there in san diego and you know i mean around mission you can find some spots but that's yep you go to newport and there's really nice restaurants like boom boom i mean obviously there's a lot more money up there it's yeah there's like a lot of money in that community. area yeah <laughs> you know, every boat in the harbor is like million dollar boat but it's it was cool vibes you know um a lot of electric bikes like i want now i want to buy an electric bike they're everywhere down there everywhere so cool ones you know i don't know if you've seen mm-hmm. some of these things coming out but like all those e-bikes and super 73 and they look almost like dirt bikes kind of but it's a big really popular down there so mm-hmm. they're renting them everywhere people are all over on them so it was a cool vibe and man one of the places i went to is this place called buddha's favorites the best sushi i've had in a while so highly recommend that area if you ever want to just pop down into that have a weekend just to kind of reset you know because the like i said we just went to the beach and really spread out beautiful perfect day 78 the whole weekend you know perfect weather perfect so (laughs) as soon as we stepped as soon as we got on the the uh the tarmac at sky harbor as soon as they opened the plane doors we're walking off the plane it's like whoa sunday night uh, you know, it was one of those times where it hits you. Every time you come back from California, it's like whoosh, that wave of heat yeah. you know, comes and hits you. Oh my god! I wish I was back. But uh, <laughs> that was my weekend. Yeah, just planning more of those. You know, I don't know. It's just the way break to do up, it, man. Break up, yeah. Break up the 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 everyday grind a little bit. Yeah, it's it's hard. Try to enjoy know, life a little bit. Yeah, life in general. I mean, it's it's hard, uh, but especially especially as a business owner too. 
You know, like hard, whenever I really dude, hard. it's crazy hard. When even yeah. you know, my business is all remote. You still and, can't uh, dis. You cannot no. disconnect, right? No, mm-hmm. you can't. So, like, I you know that when I designed this business, I wanted it to kind of complement the lifestyle that I that I want. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be geographically independent. I don't want to. I want to be able to go someplace and still sit down yeah. and knock out my work, but I can be in a completely different. Yeah. town or city or I love that every every place but still you can't just right let it go yeah you know you can't just you know you <laughs> there's, st- there's positives I, and negatives yep, of that right absolutely like I, have, I have a business i have both you know i have uh you know i mean i'm online with my apparel business we still have i still have a, a, sh- a shop that i have to ship stuff out of obviously a warehouse so i have to be here but ultimately that'd be nice someday to you know i would like to be more remote and mobile um but with chill fit that's like a brick and more that's a business that's yeah. open seven days a week so that's really tough with that one even if i have coverage you know you're always thinking about it as a business owner you know and that's for you you're remote but guess what that's also a negative in in terms of you're always expected to you're just there. You're online all the time. All the time. There is no Monday through Friday. Like not not really, because every day is the same for you, unless you schedule Pretty much. differently. But you know, yep. your access, people's access to you is the same, I should yep. say. Versus, you know, you don't have a store that's closed on the weekends or something. But uh this this kind of they can work this into like jujitsu and it's like I have friends that are gym owners. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a coach at our gym. I know what the pressures are of an academy and same type thing, man. It's like, I tell a couple of my buddies that want to open gyms. It's like, you, you have great jujitsu. you you know, your shit, you know, and that's, that's part of it, right? You got to have some skills to be able to share those skills and teach people. You have to be a good teacher and leader, all that. Then on top of that, you got to be a business person. That's that can be the hardest part for a mm-hmm. lot of people. Um, you know, there's different approaches. You can have a team of people opening academy. Let's say I've seen, you know, that's definitely a successful successful model. You know, where you have maybe a coach or two, then you have people that are running the back end, right? But mm-hmm. a lot of people don't have that opportunity. I know both. You know, I, our gym has multiple employees at this point. Gustavo's built it up to. Uh, you know, he has people running certain things and operations. He has several coaches and instructors there, but I also have friends that have just a single coach gym, you know, that's, it's just one person running it, you know? And it's like, uh, that's tough, which is what you have to do when you start a business. A lot of times, you know, it's like, um, but that's a lot because my point was, is think of, think of your academy. This is why I, I, we've mentioned this before, you know, if you love your academy, Pay all due respect, respect the the fact that in any service you get, you know, you kind of got to think of put yourself in their shoes, but especially like an academy, they're offering you all these classes, courses every day, whether you come or not, it's out there that they're open on that day, you know, so they're working all the time um, for you. And that's, that's the, that's what it being in the service industry is really, you know, and that's kind of where we are, you know what I mean? I mean, that's really what we're doing. Um, we have clients that pay us for our services. So mm-hmm. man, you gotta be available all the time. So having an academy, you know, you gotta have the skills to pay the bills, but also you have to have the coverage. You know, you don't same thing with academy owner. You don't see these guys taking month long vacations or you know, it's like <laughs> every travel and then on top of that, a person like Gustavo or any any academy owner, all academy owners that have competitors. Every friend we know that owns an academy, think of how involved and how many competitions you, oh, your man. vacations become work and work becomes a vacation, you know, for I'm sure. Going, I'm going to Florida to coach my team. We better tag on, you know, we better have some fun while we're there. That's, that's the brutal reality of some of these service businesses is like, uh, especially in jujitsu. I mean, cause now, you know, so kind of went off on a tangent, but I actually have friends that I've had this conversation with. It's like, I would love to start a gym someday. Well, I always try to make sure that everyone's thinking about all these things that I didn't even think about when I opened my own business, you know, because you get, you get kind of pigeonholed into something that you weren't really, you know, and I'll be the first to admit 
I used to be in a corporate world where I would get, I mean, when I left, I had six weeks of paid vacation a year, six every year. If I didn't use them, they carried over. Like I would, I could take a month and a half off if I wanted to, you know, it's because I was there for so long. That was something when I, I wanted to open my business so bad and do my own thing. I completely almost blocked that out and didn't really focus on the detrimental effect that would have, you know, <laughs> on uh, really the ability to live life, you know, in some ways. And I'm just being frank, you know, having my own business, it's freeing in some ways because I can do what I want. I can day to day, I can manage my own thing. But then again, Every day I have to manage my own thing. You know, it's like I'm not working for someone else that I can just tune out and tune, turn off for a couple of weeks on a vacation. So there's, mm -hmm. there's, and we have listeners that are in both worlds, you know, obviously. I have great friends that are entrepreneurs and they are locked in and they don't have as much time to do things because they have so much responsibility. And then I have people that work in corporate or work for a business or, or maybe they're the, the, an investor or something and they're like, Shh, you know, my money's being handled over here. I'm, I can actually get away, you know, or I, I'm working for, you know, I, in my case, I worked for the utility here in town for a long time and I could just check out. Uh, that, I miss that. I'll be honest. I miss mm -hmm. that a lot. Um, that's one of the things I miss. There's a lot of things, other things I don't miss, but man, you gotta, uh, you gotta live life at, at some point. I mean, we're we're both feeling those pressures as entrepreneurs you i know and i know your wife is super busy as well in her field so but i don't know man you gotta you gotta find those breakaways to do some little trips here and there I, that's my that's the only thing i can do you know because every day is just a grind right now you know mm -hmm. taking on responsibilities left and right yeah um I'm in a, a similar boat. I'm just on, I mean, I'm onboarding a lot right now and that, I mean, it's, it's whatever business you're in. It doesn't yeah, matter. No. You got something coming, you know? And well, if for you're me, successful and you're trying to build your business, that's what yeah, you want. You know it, I mean? But it, it is, it is, uh, as an entrepreneur, it is never ending that way. Yeah. There's no for sure. breaks. If you're taking a break, you're losing your money or you're losing your clients. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, so that's why COVID was so, for me, it hit our business really hard because we had this momentum building for years, a few years, and then just rug pulled out from under us, you know, and had to basically start over. So, uh, you know, note to all you entrepreneurs out there, especially if you're a jujitsu, you want to get into an academy situation. It's a ton of responsibility and it never goes away. And you know this, I know this. It's kind of a daunting thing to think about, but sometimes I actually think it's like, what's the end game? You know, like even for you, you're loving what you're doing right now, but it's like in 20 years, are you going to want to still do that same thing? Or, or how do you even, you know what I mean? How do you, you don't think about those things as, as a new entrepreneur. You're just like, I want to build this. I want to go, I want to grow, you know? And, and, yep. and that's the same thing with academy owners. So don't, you know, a young 26 year old black belts like i want to open my academy you you know you got a long life ahead of you and and hey if you fall in love and that's what you want to do but you also you know i want to do jujitsu my whole life i want to have an academy but you also that means you're going to be a business owner for your whole life yep so just be prepared for that because the, the two aren't the exact same <laughs> You might end up not wanting to do jujitsu because you don't like the business aspect or something. Yeah, that's like that. the thing about it. I was going to make that point earlier. You better make sure that you love jujitsu, man. Because yeah. when it turns into a a job, you know, I I love you. I mean, obviously, I'm passionate about it. You mm -hmm. know, I talk to jujitsu athletes all day. Yeah. You know, that's that's a, literally that's what, what you I do. do. You know, um, but it's different. Mm -hmm. It's different when everything in your world is like around this one central yeah. thing, you know, True. which is jujitsu, yeah. you yeah. know, and it's the same with, uh, opening an academy, yeah. you know, it's the same thing. It's like, you, maybe you really like jujitsu and you're pretty good at it. Yeah. But if you open that, if you open those doors, that is your life now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's no escape. 
This is taking a lot more responsibility. I think that's the biggest thing is it goes from being a, you know, more of a fun hobby or even a, a, a tremendously fun passion, you know, but when it becomes a business, it changes. And I think yeah. every, every bit, every Academy owner will admit that it doesn't mean it's bad. Um, it just means it's different, you know, and there's been plenty of guys that have opened academies and, and closed them because of that reason or didn't, mm-hmm. you know, didn't want to go that route. You know, maybe, maybe for you, you're just an instructor is a better opportunity. You know, that's always a great, you know, obviously completely different, but you can be a paid instructor at, at an academy and get the joy of teaching and doing jujitsu for very many years without the the, yeah. the side of uh you know business ownership so but there's plenty of guys that are in that situation too where you might have an academy owner or an investor or let's say you know a, it could be a blue belt i want to open a gym all you have to do is find you know find either your black belt or someone else and you're gonna maybe you maybe maybe you or 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 a several people are running the the business portion and maybe you're the black belt with the passion for the and you don't have to be so entrenched yep. in the business side it's just so hard to do both i have really good friends that do both well josh garrett and, and his wife yeah is a perfect they, example they're yeah. very involved instructors they both run that gym they're both they both train they're both instructors you know um it's and they're both younger you know so it's a great example of how it can work, you know, but they work their butts off. They do. <laughs> they, they work they, their they butts hustle. off. And I don't see them going on a couple week long European mm-hmm. vacations. So no. um, it's a, it's a, it's a hustle, man. I just know from being a business owner myself and knowing Academy owners, jujitsu uh, and, and really any gym, right? I mean, that's the gym life, you know, it's one of the ones that people want. They want access all the time too. But, uh, yep. I, so if you're an academy, if owner, you, that's what I was going to say. And, uh, we were talking about this a little bit earlier and retainment of athletes, you know? Um, and then since, you know, we both work with clients and as do academy owners, you know, you got to think of everyone that comes in. They're they're a student, and you want to teach them the art, but they're also a paying customer, right? I mean, let's be real. That's what this stuff's not for free. I mean, Gara made that exact point. I mean, that was exactly his. At the end of the day, these are paying. I mean, I think that's exact. Yeah, his exact words was at the end of the day, these are paying customers. Yeah. So you know, you got to. uh, I think he talked about that too, but but a good a good kind of point to talk about is how to retain those people you know we're you and i were talking about people that still in jujitsu we get passionate about it but there's still high turnover for newer people and uh i don't know it's i have a i have a, a recent experience with that it's uh i don't want to say no one's really going to know who this is but i have a guy a young a younger guy come in um, like a month or two ago and he, we have a mutual friend and, uh, he started training at our gym. My mutual friend had said, uh, well, this guy, he's a white belt. He, uh, probably in his late twenties, early thirties, he went and trained at another gym here in town and it, he didn't fit the vibe there so much. So he wanted to try GD and, uh, or he lives or goes to school over by GD or works over there in Tempe. And uh, he asked our mutual friend, he said, do you know anybody over there? And he goes, yeah, I know Paul. So he goes, in fact, I think he's coaching some of the classes. You should check it out. Sure enough, like literally like two days later, he shows up in my class and he's like, yeah, my friend just told me about that you were coaching it. And he didn't know it was my, like, he didn't know I was teaching that specific class. So we met and uh, we found out who our mutual friend was and everything was cool. He told me his story. He had been training, I believe, six to eight months at another place. Took the last few months off because he just, I, I think he was having a tough time of it. He's getting, getting the white belt beat down, basically. You know, training for several months, but not getting anywhere. He's not the most athletic person at this time. 
think he was an athlete young in his younger years, but um he talked to me probably like he came like three days straight one week, okay? And he talked to me every day. And I spent and this is just this is just who I am. So I was just talking to him in a personal level, what his goals are, what he wants to get out of this class. As a coach, I'd like to know that. You know, I know most of these guys that I coach because they're my training partners for many years. They've all been there, but anybody that new comes in, I, you know, you got to kind of coach them up and teach them what this, the expectations are and what, you know, I mean, that's part of it. If you just go into a gym and you're brand new white belt and no one's really telling you like what to expect, you really have literally no idea. And I think a lot of us go through that. I did. Oh, for sure. I had no idea about really anything, like how much I should train, how hard I should train. I didn't know what I was even getting into, honestly. You think you do. I mean, oh, I know this jujitsu. Maybe now you can know more because there's so much more out there. You know, Mm -hmm. imagine now what access you have to like just search the jujitsu hashtag on Instagram. But like, it wasn't that big of a thing. Like online tutorials and stuff (laughs) weren't that big of a thing when I started. No, for sure. You know, for sure. Um, the, you know, you could go on YouTube, obviously, and look at stuff, but you don't now you can literally just be on social media and go inside someone's gym. I know. On an Instagram live. It's crazy. And see exactly what goes on inside there live. Yeah. So it's amazing, amazing access. And actually, I've talked to new people about that. They're like, oh, man, I just follow a couple really like, like a Tom DeBlass or something that are like a motive. People follow these types of people just because they're engaging, they're encouraging. Mm-hmm. They don't even train jujitsu. You can look on, look on like a BJJ fanatics post or something, or like the BJJ fanatics Facebook group, which I'm in with many people are in. Yeah. You see people post on there. I just went to my first, I've been in this group for months and I just went to my first class last night. What is that? I, I pick up on these things, you know, people are literally in a jujitsu fan group for months, six, eight months before they have the courage or the wherewithal to get in there and finally sign up. So I always like to kind of pull that out of someone, you know, when they're starting, what, what got you into it? What are your goals? You know, just as any coach, you know, would in another sport, right. You mean, you want to kind of know what you're dealing with there. Um, he was very committed and we're him myself and a couple other of the higher belts in our class. We actually one day talking to this guy, really encouraging you know he's he was saying i want to come every day i want to come every day okay right away i say no i'm just like that's just not realistic as a new beginner that is just not realistic and i firmly believe that my professor would probably say the same thing you know mm-hmm. um i told him two or three days you know to start a week you know you're brand new you're gonna be what do we talk about? You're going to get bruises and you're going to be beat up and you're going to be tired and your cardio is going to suck. And mentally it's draining when you're starting, you know? So I think we finally settled on, you know, he, he was kind of adamant about it. No, I could do it. I'm like, no, I'm, I don't want you to do that. Let's, let's just do three days or two. Even I said, if you can commit to that for two or three months straight, straight, no breaks at all. Then you can add a day. I told him that like the first week I met this guy, just give it. And that's just, I think that's solid advice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Make us make small commitments that you can attain. That's with any goal, you know, that's the problem. People want these fad diets or they want to see success in the gym. And it's like, make it a six month deal. And you have only, you can commit to that six months. Yeah. You can't bullshit yourself. You can bullshit everyone else. You can bullshit social media, post as much as you want, but only you know if you're doing the work. And that's what I told them. I'm like, make it three days and in three months, three days a week, straight every single week. Think about it. You're going to get some good initial skill, three months. Then you can see if you can, you know, so have this, that's just my philosophy. I don't know. You know, everyone's going to have a different approach to that, but that's, I like attainable. I think things that people can, reach instead of yeah uh, i'm gonna go five and this day i went five yes next week i went four. Oh man two the next week oh i'm back up to four and you know you're never hit yeah you're never even hit saying doing what you said so you know be be realistic about it and this goes to anybody that's listening you know it's like if you're gonna add something in 
make a smaller commitment, you know, and just hit those targets and then stretch that into something else, you know? Next week, the guy comes three, three more times in the week. Awesome. You know, I was like, okay, two weeks straight, you know, and actually in this case, actually, I won't talk about that, but he was, but I, I'm just not going to say what I was going to say, but he's there. He, he even showed up to, I believe someone's promotion as all I'll say. A recent one. So he was involved. Okay. Two weeks. I know this is a long story, but haven't seen him since. So, you know, it's like, and this is someone I was just like, already as a coach, I was like, okay, two weeks, three days this week, three. And he was making good effort every class, rolling as many roles as we, he, he was asked of. Like he wasn't leaving early or anything, you know, he's taking the class, you know seemingly very engaged and i just haven't seen him in the last probably three weeks and i'm like oh man so as a coach i kind of experience what many instructors obviously gym owners experience many 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 times is just people fall out at white belt you know and and blue belt but you know especially newer people people that just can't get into the groove you know so I digress like long story there, but that's kind of what we were talking about earlier is just how do you, you, there's a perfect example. Like I almost, I mean, I spent extra time as did other people talking and coaching this person up just to get them in there, just to set a good schedule for the person, you know, really encouraging. And it just didn't pan out. Maybe it will, you know, but the consistency wasn't there. It hasn't been there because that was the whole point of our comp- two weeks long of conversation. Because yeah. you know, yeah. our my class is real tight. Our mornings are everyone is very close in there. It's a very similar knit group, very much the same characters for the last several years. There are new people that come and go. There's new people that come and stay, but we're always encouraged, and it's a good group. But it's it's an early morning class. So, you know, it's not the easiest thing to commit to jujitsu, then commit to being there at 6.15 every morning yeah. and get, getting your, you know, training on. <laughs> so it's a different kind of a different mindset. Um, but we always try to encourage, you know, this, you were part of the part of our group. Um, we want new people to come in, you know? Yep. I tell, I tell people all the time, I'm like, if we don't have new, a new crop of white belts coming in. We're just going to be these all the same old colored belts and the same old training partners. We're not going to get any new looks and new skill sets. You know, I mean, we all have to be challenged and you want more people in the room. Um, so it's important for us to keep our white belts around. That's the way we look at it. That's the way I look at it. Um, you know, kind of an adopt the white belt type thing. But it is also you have to be realistic. You know, I mean, Gustavo, our academy owner and professor, he's uh, he's. I think I mentioned he'd probably seen hundreds and hundreds of these. And one of my friends corrected me. He's like probably thousands of people come and go thousands, yeah. which is mind blowing. You know, the guy, I mean, he's been coaching for 20 plus years. So, um, you know, but every year you're, you're seeing new people come and go, you know, and it, it could be somebody that's trained in a few months, but you could just get somebody that tries it out for a week or two. And, but you still, as a, as a service, you have to offer the same service. Mm-hmm. You're welcoming them in. You're giving them the, the introduction classes. You're explaining everything to them, and so yeah, well. I have a I have a client. Um, I won't say the the gym's name. Obviously, I won't say the client's name. But this gentleman trains at a very very high level school. Very uh, well accomplished. Multiple world champions in this school. Um, very accomplished, just grab, um, the competition, it's a competition school, very well known, very well accomplished. And I, I had no idea that he trained at this school and I started asking him, I like, whenever I onboard somebody, I, I like to talk to them about like what their class structure is like. How many days are they training? What are the expectations from their gym 
for how much are they training? Are there expectations for from their gym coaches and and owners for how much they're training? What is what does a comp class look like versus what does a regular class look like? So I take in all this information about about uh, about everybody, and so he starts in about he's like, well, um, I think he's like a blue or a purple belt, and he says, you know, every three months, so quarterly, uh, we have to fill out these surveys that go to the owner of the gym and. They talk about like, um, what what are my what are my short term goals? What are my long term goals? How can the coaches help you accomplish those goals? What are your expectations for coaching? How do you want us to coach you? What should we do if you don't, you know, if you drop off for two or three weeks? Right. So they have this like, it's just a standardized process for their gym. And it had sounded familiar to me. So whenever I, I, I told the guy, I was like this, I knew the gym that this person was yeah. training at, obviously. So I was like, this doesn't sound like a lot of gym owners. So I asked him like, what gym do you train at? And he told me what school he trained at. And it was like a big light bulb went off. But the point is that that is super important. So for him, it yeah. was like, you know, he, and I know, we know you and I both know this gym owner. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I was like, it makes total sense because this gym owner knows his students down to like a granular level. Right. Like, and he invests a lot of himself in this, in his students. And he knows, I mean, I guarantee you this gym owner could pick that student out and be like his goals are this 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 right. is how he wants coached he he's just that's the type of guy he is yep and um i think that's super important mm-hmm. knowing because sometimes what it takes for and that's uh for for my business you know it's account it's an accountability buddy thing yeah. right so like it's for this white belt that maybe didn't show up. Maybe, you know, something came up for, you know, maybe he had some, something come up with work. He couldn't get to one class. One class turns into three classes, turns into right. a week. And really maybe what he needs is somebody to be like, just a text. Hey man, I really want to, want you to get you back into class. We're welcome. Yeah. We'd love to welcome you back. And I, I think that going back to that gym owner who does this for every student, one, it shows like his investment in the students, but now, yeah. he, but also he now has a, a process on how to coach that student to get back, to get him back in the doors, get him accomplishing his goals and get him mm-hmm. on track before two weeks turns into six months. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's a, it's a, oh, well, first of all, it's like, that's a huge responsibility for a coach or academy yeah, owner, but you know, for sure the best ones are going to do it. I, our, my professor does that as well, you know? So I, I don't know his exact process, but I know for a fact, like people have actually told me that after, and I knew what was wrong and why this person was off the mat because he kind of trained with me, but Gustavo didn't know in this case. And he told my, my friend told me, yeah, he, reached out to me, asked me how, you know, what's going on. I haven't seen you check yeah. in at the school and stuff. So, I mean, that in, he's not the first person that's told me that. So I know they, they check up on people, you know, and that's important. That's so important, but it's so hard, so much work. That's why it's like, yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's like, and we've said this many times on the podcast, but man, especially during COVID, we were talking about pay so much respect to your if you enjoy your your instruction and your professor, the commitment that they're making to you, I mean, it's it's a beautiful thing, really. If you have somebody that is that committed to you, yeah, you're, they're making money on you, but it's not all about the money. It, yeah, that's you know, the that's thing. not that's not why these they're doing it. They're making they yeah, the money runs the business, but the passion comes with the personal contact, you know. Because guess what? these guys are going to get, you know, they're going to get the money from the white belt that signs up that is going to check out, you know, that's part of the business, you know, in jujitsu yeah. academies, I, I'm not an academy owner, but I can just imagine that 
you're, there's some analysis being done and your colored belts are paying bills every month, year after year. And the white belts, it's come and go. Yep. You know, it's just like my clients at Chill Fit. I know that we have had members that are four plus years. And then there's people, there's revenue that comes and goes each month. That's new people that don't stick around. Yep. So you can look at it that way. I mean, that's, that's what businesses are with new clients. I mean, and you'll find that too, when you're, yep. you do the same thing. You'll have the same yep. type of people paying you that enjoy your services for years. And then you'll have people that come and go. Hopefully they all stay, but yep. you know, maybe they don't need to. And, but in the term of the gym, same thing. Like imagine, and you know, some of these academies, hundreds and hundreds mm-hmm. of students. Now try to like, even if you have a team of four or five coaches, try to stay on top of that. And really, honestly, let's be honest. If you're a business owner or academy owner, there's only one person that truly, no one cares more than the academy owner. Yeah. So this is just something I've, I have employees and like, it's no knock on employees, but as, as a business owner, no one has the same exact passion and control and desire to do what you want to do. Exactly. Even if you have a team of people paying attention, a team of coaches paying attention to all these students, there might be different levels of attention being paid. Does that make sense? (laughs) You know, I'm just speaking in general terms, but, and I'm talking about gyms that, you know, we both have friends that own gyms that, you know, where one or two coaches can coach all the classes, but then there's, you know, there's academies like Henzo's or something in New York. Or some of these bigger, I mean, you know, oh, thousand, thousand students more. I don't even know. Thousands. So many people at some of these places. It's like, it's really crazy. So to try to manage all that, I think a systematic process, like you said, would be, that's so smart. And it's yeah. a commitment on both sides, you know? So it kind of keeps, you know, um, and actually I don't know, like, I'm not involved with that part of our gym, but. You know, as a coach, I was trying to, that's what I was trying to do with this person is yep, engage for sure. and really create a very quick relationship and bond with myself, but also the team that they would feel welcome to come back, you know, and that's all mm-hmm. you can do. Really, that's really all you can do. You know, you can, you can only lead a horse to water type thing. You know, it's, uh, it's not going to be for everyone and it's going to be hard, harder for a lot of people. You know, but we try to just set yep. in our gym, you know, I think you just try to set a good vibe. I think this most gyms do. You have great instruction, but a good vibe. I mean, I shouldn't say most gyms don't give me, don't. I realize like on the podcast, we generalize a lot and it's not, <laughs> it's not a great thing. We just do this in life, right? We all do. Uh, and you hear that in every podcast I listen to, there's a lot of generalization going on, but. There's just, especially in jujitsu, there's so many walks of life in terms of gyms. It's just, Mm -hmm. I I realize that more and more as I hear more of how these gyms operate, as I see more on social media and there's just all different flavors, you know, that's why we've said so many times on the podcast, it's like, you know, if you're not really years in and committed to your professor and you're starting out don't just give up if you go somewhere and you just feel like you don't fit in, you know? And that's kind of yeah. where this guy was at in another place. So I also knew that because he shared that with me and, uh, you know, it was just, uh, he's trying, maybe, maybe and ultimately didn't fit in with us either. I don't know. Or maybe he's just, like you said, some other circumstance came up. My point is, is that's not the only person I've seen in all my years. You know, you see a lot right. of people come and go, you know, and some, some end up being good training partners for years and then fall off. You know, I've had, I have a couple higher belts that I train with for a few years and I know they're not training right now. We've talked about this on the podcast too, and you know, these people as well, but, uh, circumstances come up, you know, but going back to like newer students retainment. I think even for listeners, everyone can do. And I think a lot of, I know a lot of people I know do this is just be welcoming, you know, kind of just reach out and even saying hello, you know, to somebody that's brand new walking on that mat for the first time. It's intimidating. You know, everybody out there knows what they're doing. They all know how to tie their belt. Well, 
And somehow your belt you just doesn't look, all look like theirs. And <laughs> fucked up and new and raw and unathletic, even if you're athletic. You know, you put the gi on the yeah. first time and you just, uh, there's just what a white belt. What is this look, thing? You know, when you're totally. new, when you're new, totally. When you're when green, you're when you're yeah. green, it's like, there's it's, for it's sure a white belt look. It's pretty raw. You know, you get a couple, uh, start getting some stripes on your belt, you get some rolls under your belt. It changes, but um, yeah, you know, it's got to be fun for people, but I think a, a fun, a fun learning environment. I think you can attest to that. Yeah. That's when we probably had the most fun is like great coaching, great teammates, training partners. You're having a good time. You're learning something. You know, that's, I think that's super important is to like really be able to go home every practice and, and at least know that you had some good instruction, you know, I mean, really, isn't that what it's all and that doesn't exist everywhere, but you know, you got to be feeling like you're learning some, you know, mm-hmm. I like, yeah. to, I like to go in and just kind of, uh, be blown away by the instruction with my professors or my coaches, you know, that's the way it, that's when you get the best out of it. It's like, Oh, okay. Especially when you're training for a while and you can start applying things more and more, you know, or not understanding what works in your game. Man, I- I've learned to lean in so much more, even especially now being up here and away from yeah. everybody. I mean, a good, especially on the people that I've learned so much from and pulled and plucked so much out of their game. I've like, I've just learned to lean in so much more on, on those folks for, and they're my coaches. Yeah. They're the people that have, they brought me along, you know? My yeah. peers, like I've just learned to lean in so much more. I mean, I talked to uh, Josh Rodriguez, who we've had on the podcast just a couple of days ago, and we spent probably 30 or 45 minutes just talking about competition and like preparation for competition. And some of the advice he gave me, I just like, I, I would have never got that anywhere yeah. else. And I, I can't say that I have not wouldn't have gotten it somewhere else, but I've just developed that relationship right. with him. You didn't him, get it, you know, to where you, it's like you, to right. You wouldn't you know have got I mean? it unless like, you developed the relationship, unless you had those relationships right. to and, get the information from, and to to kind of be a little bit, and not just a, a little bit, but to be a lot vulnerable with him and be like, look, like this is how I'm doing this. I don't know if this is right or wrong. I don't know. Like I'm not at a big team anymore, you know, like where you're running my, my competition camp, where Gustavo is running my competition camp, where Orlando or any of these Mm -hmm. other guys, like I need you to help me. And it was like, he just laid it all out. I mean, we sat there and just worked through, A lot of it. And I was like, I got off the phone call and I was like, man, where, like, what would I do without having developed that Mm -hmm. type of friendship for one, but that type of coaching student kind of relationship with trust, Mm -hmm. all of that. You know, Josh has been there. I've talked a lot about my Josh's influence on me and, and, and you obviously, of course, um, but like, so going back to the point, I've just learned that to lean into those types of things even yeah. more. That's what you um, got to do. I mean, that's the beauty of our sport is the sharing aspect. And I think that starts with welcoming white belts in, you know, we're, we're that's lucky right. We've been doing it for so long and really you develop the friendships. That's what it is. I mean, been thinking about this a lot. Like I have, I have a lot of friends outside of jujitsu, but guess who I see the most? They're all my friends in jujitsu because that's what I spend the most yeah. time doing every day, you know, or several times a week I'm seeing these people. So you develop a very strong bond and that's, that's straight away. I mean, we all know this in the jujitsu community. And if you're not in that situation, you probably find a better one, you know, because yeah, you know, if you're going somewhere consistently and you're seeing the same people, hopefully you're developing relationships. Um, that's part of the beauty of jujitsu. That's why we love it so much. You know, it really is. I mean, it's a friendship builder. 
put a lot of trust in those people and it's a fun something fun that you can share with other people right i mean obviously can't do this alone um at least and and especially with our situation you know when you were here as well we were great friends in the gym obviously that's how we met that's why we're here Mm -hmm. (laughs) so uh yeah it's super important yeah i I mean and 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 it all starts with you know we've talked about this we've brought this up a number of times but when you walk in to when you walk on the mats in that early bird class and and I know at least the the, the 10 a.m. class at G's and the the tradition is everybody walks up and says hello to everyone mm-hmm. on the mat. So when you come up, when you you take your your sandals or your shoes off, they're at the edge of the mat. You step onto the mats and you walk around, shake everyone's hand, and, and you yeah. sit, shake everyone's hand, and you say hello. And for that. For that white belt that's sitting in there who feels automatically feels alienated yeah. because there's little pods totally. of people that are sitting around bullshitting and smoking and joking and getting stretched yeah. out together. It's a hundred percent. Who's kind of kind of off to the side a little bit. Mm-hmm. So not really included in anywhere. That like hello. Yeah. And that like just what's going on? You know, what's your name? Do you have any wrestling or back, yeah. you know, grappling experience, you know, it means, it means that the goes world. a long way. It means the it world goes a them. long way. Um, and it, and it, it, and that's the thing that I think that training partners can mm-hmm. do to, to help retention. I mean, you're not going to, and not everybody's going to stick around, but the people that do stick around, you know, you, the ones that stick around are the ones that are definitely going to feel welcomed in your environment. Yeah. And those are the ones that are going to uh, to bring in that new blood. They're going to be the next batch of blue belts that are going to be trying new stuff, mm-hmm. and you know. And those are the ones that you know. That's the, that's what everybody can do yeah. to help keep people keep people on the mats. This is true. You know, it's uh, you get your little clicks. I I see it in our class. You know, we have a lot of the same guys are just friends they've been friends for years they're talking and then you know you see a, a new white belt or two over in the corner and i try to always obviously go up and say hello and uh just make, make them feel you can only do what you can do i mean these guys exactly. are friends for many years so there's yeah. a reason guys and gals they're chatting like that but you know nothing's to say if you keep coming i honestly some of the closer people that i've talked to about doing jujitsu i'm like Come train with me. If you, you know, you want to hang out, come train in our class. You're going to, if you keep training, you're going to have some great friends. Like you're going to meet a lot of cool people. For sure. They'd be good friends, you know I mean? Cause they're always there, you know, there's certain people that are, <laughs> are always, always there. there. <laughs> so, um, you know, if you need a friend and you want to learn some jujitsu, you know, you're going to find it on the mats, but you have to be the one that's consistent. You know what I mean? And that goes back to the first story. Sure. It's like, you can only yeah. help them so much. And, for two weeks, this guy was loving it, man. He loved the vibe. He was thanking me after every class. You know, everyone was really fitting in well. And then just don't see him anymore. So that just happens. So, but I think the point of it is as I get older in my grappling journey, and maybe not older, but wiser, more experienced, I think that's just so important. It's something I completely overlooked as a as a blue belt. And especially Mm -hmm. as a white and blue belt. Like I just, just like, I was new myself in those years. So I didn't really, I didn't really care what this new white belt was, you know, shit. I'm over here getting my ass kicked. You know, I don't really care what he feels on his first day. I'm still, I'm still feeling bad and I'm (laughs) seven months in, you know? So, you know, but you see what I'm saying, higher belts, but think about it. Think about when you were brand new, and think about the respect you had without even knowing who that person was across the way that was a brown belt. Right? I mean, you know oh, what dude. I mean? Like when, the respect I mean, and just the admiration of someone you don't even know just because you know, you know what you know? You know what you do know is that person's been committed and they've been going there enough to earn that brown belt or black belt, obviously. Any color belt. When I first started, I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to, I didn't even think I could be like a purple belt. You know, it's like, what? 
Same. So, and so I just try to step back and in, into those people's shoes. Cause that's exactly how some people feel now. I've literally talked to people about that brand new white belt, whatever, you know, it's like, they just don't see, I try to tell people right away. I'm like, if you stay these, you know, I talk about the commitment per week that leads to months that leads to years. Next thing you know, you're getting your blue belt, huge accomplishment. Probably didn't think you're going to get there. You know, when you first started, you didn't even know, really know when you could get there, but you're there, you know, and then you just mm -hmm. work upon that. And it's, it's just that experience that comes, but we could all do a, definitely if you're a, if you're a colored belt out there, you're skilled. If you have a blue belt and you're from a legitimate school, I mean, I'm going to call you right now. You have a lot of skill. You've been training jujitsu. You're, you're not as skilled as a black belt. Not even close. You don't have the time, but you have a lot of skills. You know, I kind of have attributed, I, I like this analogy and it's like, I've been really thinking about this a lot lately. Jiu-jitsu is so special because it's literally, it's a language that we're all learning. You're literally learning a language, mm -hmm. you know, it's not promoted as a language. I mean, not, not really, you know, some people say the language of the art or whatever or whatever, but it's, there's no, there's no college course for this language. There's no, you know what I mean? There's not some official jujitsu, you know, martial arts aren't these languages that are, people are put it in those terms, but it literally is that because think about it when you're learning a language. You, you're only so skilled until you start practicing and becoming more and more versed in it and more and more time is spent. And if you're, if, if it's your second language, everyone knows, and I don't know a second language other than jujitsu. I'm going to call it my second language. I'm going to make a t-shirt in Royal Union. I just thought about that. So it's their second language. It's, uh, it's like, the point is I'm trying to make is you, you learn this language and you really look at it, think of it as an outsider looking in. So think of it as that person doesn't really know jujitsu and it looks at like a Lucas Lepre DVD. This guy's fucking a master skills, master skill yep. set from all positions. Someone that doesn't know that is literally, it's like a different language. That's what I mean. It's like, so you, we have to like give ourselves a lot. I think. It, I guess we don't, I don't feel like people that are athletes give themselves enough credit a lot because we're always looking for more. We're always looking to get the black belt to get more skills. But that's what I'm saying. Like a blue belt is pretty skilled in this language. You know, you can hold conversations, you know, you know, you, you understand sentences, even though you can't maybe say them all, but you understand positions. I'm trying to relate it to that. But especially if you're an outsider looking in, you have no idea. Me and you roll in a technical flow or something. Someone that doesn't know what we're doing doesn't see all of the different words and languages and sentences and paragraphs within that. Totally. At all. They don't even, they can't yeah. even comprehend it. It's like me reading a, a paragraph of Chinese. I literally have no idea what. So I like to kind of think of it in that way. It's like you're learning this very specialized language. And that really is what it is because we are communicating in jujitsu with our bodies and our movements. Yep. Think about it. Mm -hmm. We're not talking. We're not talking through. I'm, I'm going to do this lasso sweep into, you know, you don't talk through jujitsu like that. It's, it's the movements that I understand of what you're doing and you understand what I'm doing that we communicate that way. So it's, it's a cool way to look at it, but it also, it also, I like to encourage newer people in that way because it's not impossible to learn. You know, it's like a language. You can definitely learn one, but it's hard and it takes a lot of long time and a lot of commitment and a lot of practice. You know, uh, I, I took Spanish in high school. I don't, I remember like two things, you know, it's because I never worked on it. But if I would have kept mm -hmm. doing those same things and had somebody to talk to and really focused on that, obviously you're going to remember those things and build upon them. So, yeah, blue belts and up. Man, you're 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 getting more and more skilled. You know, any color belt, I say, you know, try to just help people out. You know, always we've preached that before, but we're big proponents of that. Just helping lower people advance, and uh, we all rise as together. You know, it's like that that whole mentality. You know, we just you're real. 
your jujitsu is going to get better with the people around you. You know, that's why the best gyms, they draw in the most competitive people and they all rise together and that's how it works, you know? Yep. So that is how it works. Cool, brother. Well, good deal, man. Talk we, about uh, a little bit about it. Yeah, <laughs> we kind of did. And not really much about the stuff we plan to talk about. Well, another so. episode. Yeah, in yeah. terms of like, uh, I am working on scheduling. I've mentioned this before. I won't say even say his name. But I'm working on scheduling a business, a school owner, academy owner, another one. Um, just got to find a date with him, get him on. And he's, he's going to have some really good insight into what we talked about, retainment for students. And, you know, we, we, we have some academy owners that listen here. And it's not that we're bringing them on for those people. It's for everyone, you know. You just kind of see it's it's kind of cool to see from academy owners perspective what the expectations are for students if you're a student you know and if you don't know mm. what they are you should probably find out you know yep um but he'll he'll share some of that stuff with us and share what he what he does in those regards and uh other than that check out this shirt it's been online for a while realunion.com jujitsu is not a crime it's one of my favorite shirts you got this one you got this one yeah oh yeah yeah and josh rodriguez one. wore it to uh the phoenix open so i i saw him there and he had this on i was like <laughs> so when you mentioned his name uh so i thought i'd promote it still available got some sizes left so check it out realunion.com guys go check out wes if you need any kind of personalized one-on-one instruction for you know Jiu-jitsu stuff, therapy, strength, strength, conditioning, conditioning. Uh, you know, setting up a program pre, obviously he works with a lot of cool uh, software right now. He's been doing a lot of testing. Yeah, man. I've been doing some, I finally got, I finally got the, the platform. I've been, so I have been testing so many different platforms and things for uh data and and how to collect f- how to collect uh data for conditioning because ultimately you want to be able to uh, you want to write your program you want to you want to do your test you want to write your program but you have to have some way to make sure that you know that's that it's working yeah. right especially for conditioning and you have to the way that I am the the way that I'm doing that is tracking heart rate recovery, uh, heart rate variability, sleep activity, and it all comes from this new system. I'm I'm actually beta testing this company's coaching platform, so I'm I'm like signed on with nice. this company. Uh, we're working back and forth on like how to improve it. I love their vision for where they're going in the future, and every other wearable and data capturing platform does not give me this it's it, it's like it'll give you these two things but then what i need for jujitsu athletes yeah. are it's not specialized these enough. things yeah. it's not and it's not enough and i finally found and the funny the best part about this is this is developed by a guy that has done conditioning for combat athletes i'm super pumped about it so we are nice. uh, we're off to the races with that. Okay, follow us, uh, BJJ Physio. Um, you can see some of that. He's posting a little bit of the data, and let's do a let's do an episode uh, when we get this. You know, when you get it all solidified and you get that thing in use, I think we need to do an episode, and we'll talk about that. Share some of the findings and what what that thing can do, and really promote that and get it out there. And uh, I think I can't wait to see more and more of that. You know. There's just the wearable tech is really coming on and it's supposed to grow tremendously. Um, and mm-hmm. man, if you could, yeah, I mean, it'd be nice if you could just pull up a dashboard of your health, right? Someday, someday. I can do I it. Mean, yeah. Yeah. You know, I exactly. can do it now. So let's talk about that in another, uh, another episode. I'd love to hear more about that as what our listeners. So guys check out BJJ Physio rollunion.com if you're in tempe and you need some therapy uh, cryotherapy 
We've been doing a lot of localized treatments on uh, athletes' injuries. We put cold right on the specific area of your body. It just helps with the inflammation and pain right away. Chill Fit Cryo in Tempe. Check them out on Instagram as well. Everyone have a safe week. We're out of here. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Road to Black podcast. Once again, please support our sponsors, the BJJ Physio. Contact Wes. He'll hook you up with some customized programming for your game. Take it to the next level. Therapy, performance, the BJJ Physio. Also, Roll Union Jiu-Jitsu. Check out the latest styles, Jiu-Jitsu, casual wear, training gear. Check them out, RollUnion.com. Follow on Instagram, at RollUnion. Thanks again for listening, everyone, and we will see you next time.